Okay, so we are talking about audacious prayer, and last week we talked about the fact that we oftentimes, we pray small, safe, generic prayers, and audacious prayer is praying big, daring, and specific prayers, and in, in Scripture, Jesus said that we need to have faith like a child, and the truth about children is they don't pray, you know, generic and small prayers. They pray specific prayers, and they pray big prayers. And so I found some prayers of, of kids, and these prayers are pretty, pretty audacious and pretty specific. So here, here's one. Dear God, my mom tells me that you have a reason for everything on earth. I guess broccoli is just one of your mysteries. Here's one really specific. Please make my parents understand that if I don't eat salad, that I do better in school. How about, uh, please forgive me for hiding my sister's favorite toy, here's specific, and please don't tell her where it is. <laughs> Dear God, I need you to make my mom not allergic to cats. This guy is bold and specific. I really, really, really want a cat, and I really don't want to ask my mom to move out. <laughs> Dear God, can, can you give me a smartphone? Santa must have forgot. I saw my big brother walking out of the shower on accident. God, can you erase that from my brain? Dear God, when my sister, when will my sister stop being annoying? I'm down to my last patience. Dear God, I promise to never ever say those words again, at least not until my next shots. Dear God, please don't let it rain on Saturday. The first ball that I hit will be for you. Dear God, I hope that my dog is with you in heaven, and please take care of him, and sorry if he chews on your sandals. <laughs> Kids are specific, and, and in our lives, we oftentimes don't pray audacious prayers, don't pray specific prayers, don't pray bold prayers, and the truth of the matter is that God honors audacious prayers. He desires for us to pray audacious prayers because when we pray prayers that are huge, what it does for us is that it, 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 it opens the door for God to do something miraculous. And when he does something miraculous, that who gets the glory? He gets the glory because we look at that situation and we say, there's no way we could have done that, but God, you did it. And he wants to put us into situations like that where we, he can reveal himself in a bigger way. And there was a story in, in Scripture that we're going to look at today in, in, in Mark chapter 5. And so if you've got your Bibles, you can open up there to Mark chapter 5. Um, and it's a story of a dad who's praying for his daughter. And it's a daring prayer of, of a father. And, and just to kind of inspire us as we look at audacious prayers, I've been reading and looking for, for prayers that are specific, and, 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 and I came across one this week from, from Martin Luther. And let this inspire you and kind of set the stage for what God can do when we pray for someone that, that is sick. And, and Martin Luther, as you know, he's the, the father of the Reformation, transformed the church, you know, years ago, and, and, and Christianity has never been the same because of that. Well, he was in the middle of that in the, the 1500s, you know, you know, speaking out and helping the church to rediscover the Bible, rediscover faith and, and turn back to Christ. And what, what was happening is he had a friend, Frederick Myconis, that was gravely ill. And this Frederick was helping him out in, with the Reformation. And, 
And Frederick wrote him a letter. He was on his deathbed. And he said, the end is near. I love you. And all this kind of stuff that I don't think I'm going to make it. I'm at the end of my life. I don't think I can go on. And, and Martin Luther was disturbed by this a little bit. And he, he, he could have just prayed a small prayer that say, Lord, comfort Frederick in the, the time of his struggles. Comfort him. Take him safely to heaven. But he didn't pray. He prayed an audacious prayer. This is what it says. This is what Martin Luther prayed. I command you in the name of God to live because I still have need of you in the work of reforming the church. The Lord will never let me hear that you are dead, but will permit you to survive me. For this I am praying because I seek only to glorify the name of God. He gets down on his knees and he says, I am going to pray for my dear friend and he is going to outlive me. And guess what happened? He gets this letter and this activates the faith that is in his heart and, and, and God moves in Frederick's life and he doesn't die from this. And he actually lives another six years. Actually, Martin Luther lived another six years and actually Frederick Myconis died two months after Martin Luther passed away. We need to pray audacious prayers. Because God can do audacious things, and he can do amazing things, and he can do miraculous things. And it takes us being specific and being bold and saying, we want to step forward in faith, and we're going to pray this, and we're going to give it to you, God. And so there's this story in, in, in Mark chapter 5 of a father that is, is, is kind of, he is desperate and he's trying to find Christ. And as, as we pray through this, this prayer, what I love about this story is that as we looked at that story, sometimes we see miraculous things happen really quickly. And then sometimes it, it takes time. Sometimes there's interruptions along the way. And sometimes we pray audacious prayer, and then we expect instantaneous change. I prayed for my daughter, and she didn't change yet, and we get frustrated. And the story is about that because he prays, and then something happens, and it doesn't come to pass in the way he thought it was going to. And he, he prays his prayer, and then he has to wait, and then he has to wonder. And God takes him to this place, and Christ takes him to this place of a deeper faith um, through the story. And so here's the, it starts in verse 21. When Jesus had crossed over the boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him. While he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. And who is he? He's an important ruler at the time in the synagogue. He, he had a daughter who was about 12 that was deathly ill. She was not doing well. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. And honestly, there is probably no more desperate prayer than the prayer of a father or a mother for a child. And let this, this prayer represent the area of your life as you think as you came in today. What is that area of my life that I find myself and on my knees desperately praying for God to answer, desperately asking him to, to respond, desperately asking him to do something? What is that area that, you know, I can't fix this on my own, that I need God to intervene? 
And, and as we walk through this story, take that prayer request that you have and place it into the, the words of this story. So what happens? He prays this prayer. He gets Christ's attention. And you know many people ask for prayer. And what happens in verse 24? So Jesus went with him. He talks to Jesus. Jesus who's made the blind see. He's, he's made the lame walk. He's that those with leprosy. They have been healed. He knows the miraculous. Jesus is coming with him. He's probably like, I got Jesus. I'm sure he was texting his wife as he was walking back. Jesus is on his way with me. This is going to be good. But on his way, there's an interruption that happens. On his way, as he's walking along, and it's, it's a lengthy bit of a story there, so I'll just kind of explain what happens. As he's walking along in, in Mark 5, another woman who had been suffering from bleeding for 12 years approaches, and she squeezes her way through the crowd, and she grabs a hold of Jesus, and the healing comes out of Jesus and goes into this woman, and she's healed instantly. But Jesus doesn't know what's going on, so he turns around, and there's all this commotion because this crowd is pressing in around Jesus. And so Jesus stops on his way to see the little girl, and he's trying to see who, who touched him, what happened, and there's this conversation that goes on, and this woman is miraculously healed, and it's wonderful. And she was celebrating, but Jairus is sitting there going, why are you stopping? And I don't know about you, but I don't really like interruptions when I'm on my way somewhere. I, I, I don't like people cutting in front of me in line. How many of you don't like people cutting in front? I don't like people cutting in front. You kind of get annoyed at that. I even when I'm at the doctor. Do you ever sit at the doctor and you sit down and then you watch the people come in and you have a mental note who came in? before you who came in after you and if that person that came in after you goes in before you now you're getting a little peeved and then of another one then you're getting even more peeved everybody like that that's me and if you like it when you like that guy that cuts you off in traffic like you know on the freeway and and you're kind of following behind him nicely closely and then if you catch up to him you get you remember that car so when you pass him again you give him that look like hello I'm passing you now. Maybe that's just me. I'm a little sick when it comes to that. Well, this is what happens. He, he's on his way to see Jesus, and someone cuts in front. And some of you are sitting here thinking, well, that's nice, though. It was a nice cut because this woman was sick, and she needed healing. Sure, it's a nice cut if you're the woman or you're her family. But say, for example, and this would be the closest thing, you're, you have someone in your family just had a heart attack, you call 911, the ambulance is on its way, and then it doesn't get there. And you call again 911, and they say, well, you know, we, we were on our way to see you, but we, somebody else was hurt, so we just kind of stopped at their house on the way. We thought maybe they, they needed help too. You wouldn't be too happy. You're like, get to my house, do not stop at all, get here. That's what, he, that's what Jairus is feeling in this moment. And then this is what happens as this delay goes on. He prays his audacious prayer, goes to God. He's on his way. He thinks his prayer is answered. This is what's going to be happening. Verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and they delivered this news. Your daughter is dead, they said. Here Jesus agreed to answer his audacious prayer, and he thought, I have it. I've got it. This is good. It's going to come true. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And then it's not. Any of you ever been in that spot in your life? 
Well, you thought for sure, this is the answer, this is the solution, this is what God's going to do, this is all going to work out great, and, and you got this huge hope, and you all this faith, and you know God's coming through, and then it doesn't, and you're disappointed, and you don't quite know what to do in these moments. This is the truth. If we, we live audacious lives, these things happen, and then what happens, what's even worse, is that his family members... Um, come alongside of him, and, and, and Jairus is kind of throwing his arms up. Maybe he's crying. You know, he's thinking, I need a healing. Now I need a resurrection. This is no good. And this is what they say. Why bother the teacher anymore? Why bother the teacher anymore? And sometimes I feel like that's where so many of us are at in our faith. Why bother praying anymore? We prayed. We've asked God. He, he hasn't answered. Why bother? And the interesting thing is, this why bother doesn't come from his enemies. It doesn't come from strangers. It says people from his own household, maybe a servant, maybe a family member comes and shares this. And this is the truth about when we have these thoughts that enter in our mind that are like, why bother? Why bother? It doesn't always, it doesn't come from people on the outside. Sometimes it comes from people that are closest to us. Sometimes those thoughts even come from our own mind. And we find ourselves saying, why bother? And, and then we start saying things like this, and, and Jairus, probably this went through his mind. God, this healing was supposed to come for me, and you went to someone else, and someone else, something great's happened in your life, and you can't even celebrate that because all you are is thinking, but you didn't do this over here for me. And you're kind of stuck. And much of our life is spent in these moments where we're praying audacious things and we're stepping into these moments, but it's not quite happening as fast as we like and it's not quite happening in the way we want. And, we're, and this thought comes into our mind, why bother praying? Why bother going to church? Why bother following God? It doesn't seem to work out the way we thought it was going to. Have you ever gotten to that point in something in your life where you felt like that? I, I know I have. I know I have. And here's the truth. And there's four insights we're going to learn from this story. And the first one is this. First insight. When you live a life, you live an audacious life, expect to hear why bother voices. You should just expect to hear it. We're surprised when these things happen. Well, I shouldn't. If I have faith, I shouldn't have these voices. I shouldn't hear these things. These things shouldn't happen. We should expect it. We should maybe even expect it even more than someone that isn't because we're stepping into something greater. We're stepping into something more. We're, we're, we're dreaming for something bigger. And so anytime you dream for something bigger, there's always going to be someone or something that says, I don't really know. I'm not really sure this will work. I don't really think God, you're biting off more than you can chew. I think you're taking too big of a step of faith. Why bother? Why bother dreaming more for your marriage? Because you know what? It's just the way it is and it's never going to get there. Maybe you're in financial peace and you're saying, you know what? Why bother even dreaming more for getting out of debt? We've been so stuck in debt. It's just normal. I don't even dream about that anymore. Why bother continue praying for your kids? You prayed and prayed and prayed and it doesn't seem to get answered. Why bother? Those thoughts will come in. And I, I wonder if we can just have a moment of honesty in the church because I know I've had moments like that many, many, many moments in my walk with God where I just kind of threw my hands up and I was like, I don't know, God, I don't know. 
But the interesting thing is that it doesn't, the story doesn't end there. And your story doesn't end there. My story doesn't end there because it keeps going on. Jesus answers the prayer. In Mark 5, verse 36, he says this, Overhearing what they said, the, the Revised Standard Version has an even better translation. It says this, ignoring what they said, just kind of ignoring it, ignoring what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. You'll be this voice that says, why bother? It's not possible. And then there's this voice from Jesus that says, all things are possible, that I can do. Don't give up. Keep believing. Keep holding on to faith. Keep keep." Going back to God, you know, that voice is there in your head, but there's another voice that you need to listen to. That's my voice, and I'm telling you this. Don't be afraid. Just believe. When, the, when people are saying to you 101 ways why this won't work, you're dreaming about something. Maybe you have a dream in, 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 in your mind for God to use you in a great way, and you're dreaming about it, and your family is saying to you, I don't really know if that will work. I don't really think God can use you. I remember when I, I, I said to my family, I think God's telling me to go to the seminary to be a pastor. And they went, really? <laughs> that was their response. Really? 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 And I was there. I was like, they didn't have a whole lot of doubt or a whole lot of faith. They had a whole lot of doubt. And you will have those moments. And, and this is the thing. When we... Begin to step forward in faith. Begin to pray audacious prayer. These voices are going to come, and they're going to hit us. And this is the second insight that we need to have. When you live an audacious life, selective hearing is the required act of faith. If you're going to walk have a faith in God, and you need to move forward, you're going to have to do what maybe your kids do when they play. You know, put your hands, na, 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 I can't hear you. Right? And you're going to have to put your hands over your ears and say, these voices are going to come, but I'm not going to listen to those. I'm going to listen to Christ's voice. Even here at, at Epic, we've, we're trying to move forward vision-wise. And every time we move forward, there's somebody at the church, every church I've ever do. Every time you dream something bigger, somebody says, well, I don't really think that's going to work. Or, hey, I'm not really sure about that. Hey, you know, have you thought about me? And you know what? This next year, you might hear me say, nah, 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 I'm not listening to you because I'm not going to. Because God wants us to step forward in faith. God wants to live audacious lives. And, you know, we're not going to listen to those people that are sitting there saying, why bother? It can't be done. We are listening to Jesus who says, don't be afraid. Just believe. Just step forward in faith. Just move forward. And I'm going to call you guys as leaders. Those of you that are stepping forward leaders on the board and other leaderships, there's going to be times you've got to put your hands over your ears and say, you know what, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to have selective hearing, and I'm going to listen to Jesus because he's the one that can answer our lives. And, and the smartest thing Jairus did is he didn't get discouraged. He said, I'm going to continue to follow Jesus, and I'm going to continue to walk there and, and walk to my house. And, and he listens, and he continues to believe, even when it looks bleak and it looks difficult. So he walks, and he keeps going. And sometimes the most faithful thing that we can do is not listen and just keep taking steps of faith with Jesus. <laughs> then in verse 37, they, they get there to the house. And they've got this Jesus who had the audacity to say, just believe. And, and the, 
the family's looking at them, going, you're nuts, you know, whatever. And this is what happens. He, verse 37, he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. He brings with him. Even Jesus knows there's some people doubting, so I'm going to get rid of those voices, and I'm going to bring the people that are, that are listening, that are following, that are still believing in this moment. He's, even Jesus said, I've got to have the people with the right voices around me at this time. So he keeps moving forward. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw the commotion, as happens when someone passes away, with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and he said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? And, and somebody had to be like, what are you saying? Do you not see what just happened here, Jesus? She passed away. Do you not notice? Are you that dense? Are you that in the clouds, Jesus? Why are you saying this? And here's the truth. Jesus doesn't see this, our situation the same way we do it. See it. He doesn't see it the same way. Right now, we see it and it looks bleak. Jairus sees it, it looks bleak. But Jesus sees it and he sees a resurrection that can happen. He sees that what he can do and he doesn't see it the same way. And, and, and that's the, the, the second thing that, that we need to learn or the third thing that we need to learn. When you live an audacious life, your circumstances don't have to be 100% for your faith to be 100%. Sometimes your circumstance, you're waiting for your circumstances to be perfect for you to fully believe, to fully pray that. No, 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 no. Our, the circumstances weren't perfect. They were really bad, but he was still 100%. He's still stepping forward 100%. I mean, I had an uncle that was that way, and uh, was a great uncle. And he just walked with God, and he always said, God willing, God willing, how you doing 100%? God's good. You know, and he would just say, God's good. And he would just keep going at 100%. Even when things were difficult, even as he got older, he still just kept following Jesus. I've seen so many people of faith that they just keep walking with God even when their circumstances don't seem to warrant that kind of faith. And that's what we need to learn. If we're going to pray audacious prayers, live audacious lives, the circumstances don't have to be 100% for our faith to be 100%. When people say, why bother? We're going to say, just believe. Just believe. You may look at your past and you go, you know what? I've got some things in the past that don't seem to measure up and I don't know if God can use it. But you know what? My circumstances aren't 100%, but my God is 100%. And I'm going to follow him. And I'm going to step into these moments. I'm not going to listen to those voices. And so what happens? They walk into the house, and this is what Jesus says. Jesus says this. He, say, he says, the child is not a dead but asleep. This is what the words Jesus makes, this proclamation that Christ makes. The child's not dead but asleep. And then look at how they respond to him. Here's Jesus who's healed people, done miraculous thing. They laughed at him. They laughed at him. And if they laughed at Jesus, they're going to laugh at us too when we pray audacious prayer and live audacious lives. And then he says this. After he put them all out, he's like, all right, doubting voices, out. <laughs> Faith-filled voices, stay. Move out. And he, 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 he steps into this moment and then he 
took the, fa- the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and they went into where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, her Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished, and he gave strict orders to not let anyone know about this. And he told them to give her something to eat. I love that last line because it's so human. The little girl was dead. She's alive. What does she need now? A PB&J. Go get her peanut butter and jelly. She's been dead. She's hungry. Get her something to eat. So he gets her something to eat. And, and she's restored and she's fully alive. And, and this miraculous thing happens. And, and this is the truth. God takes us to places like that. How many of us want a miracle in our life? God to do something miraculous. Every single one of us do. How many of us want to be placed in a situation where we need God to do something miraculous? None of us do. But God places us in situations that we need miracles so he can do a miracle. And he can do, and it starts with that audacious faith that says, even though you say, why bother? We're going to just believe. And so the last two thoughts for us as we kind of close this is this. When you live an audacious life, you don't have to fully understand God in order to believe. He didn't fully understand Jesus at this moment. He, uh, he's just following. He doesn't know how he's going to do it. And the second thing is, is this, is you don't have to fully understand what God is doing to completely obey it. You know he's stepping, he's, every step that Jairus made, I'm sure the, his mind was racing as every single one of our minds would be racing as we think about our kids. And he's worried and he's anxious and he's thinking, but I'm going to just keep following. I'm, I'm going to just keep believing. I'm just going to keep walking. I, I'm just going to keep hanging with Jesus. I, have, I know that there is a greater thing that can happen in my life if I walk with Jesus than if I walk away from Jesus. And when you look in story after story of the Bible, there's moments where everyone could have said, why bother? Abraham could have said, why bother, when he was, he was more than a, he was well beyond his childbearing years. And they say, you're going to have a, a son and he's going to have a great nation. He could have said, why bother? Moses could have said, you know, when, 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 when he was st- stuttering and couldn't talk, he could have said, I don't think I can do that. But God used him and he stepped forward and delivered God's people in Egypt. Um, Jesus is hanging there on the cross, and he could have said, you know, why bother? It's too difficult. But even in those moments, when it looked like it was at its worst, God was at his best. And Christ's death turned into a resurrection. And that resurrection enters into our life as we step forward in faith. And so I don't know what your audacious prayer is this year, but I'm going to just tell you this. You're going to hear why bother voices. They're going to enter into your head. And there's going to be moments that you need to do like everyone did here in Scripture. Just believe. People may laugh at you, but you know what? We're going to keep following Jesus. And we're going to wait on him because he is going to do the miraculous in our lives. Let's pray. Jesus, as we look at a story like that. Lord, we, every single one of us in our lives, we have situations in our life that we have struggled with continuing to believe, God, that you're going to come through. 
We're continuing to believe that you're going to help us. And these why bother voices have entered into our mind. And Lord, we are asking that you help us have selective hearing. When those voices come from the outside, we're not going to listen to those voices. Why? Because we're going to listen to the voice of God. We're going to listen to your voice. When, the, when those voices come inside of our head, from our own selves, why bother? You've prayed enough. God isn't going to answer this one. We're not going to listen to that voice. We're going to listen to your voice, Jesus Christ, that looks right into our situation right now. It says, just believe. Just believe. God, with you, all things are possible. And although maybe for some of us we're in this interruption moment right now and we don't know how you're going to work it out, we don't know what you're going to do in this situation, but we're going to just keep walking by faith just like Jairus did and keep walking with you and then watch what you do in our lives. Things don't need to be 100% for us to follow you with 100% faith. Our circumstances don't have to be perfect for us to believe in you and to follow you fully. And that's what we're going to do. And we're going to watch with expectant eyes of faith in what you do in our lives. Lord, we thank you in advance for the way that you're going to answer every single one of our prayers, audacious prayers today. In your name, amen.